Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us uh, right now online at an off-site campus or maybe on the internet or in your house, wherever you happen to be in the world. We are so glad you're here. Uh, what, what a great day, huh? What a beautiful, beautiful day to worship the Lord. You agree with that? Agree with that? Last week was incredible. Most of you were here last week on Easter. We don't talk much about numbers around here, but on the way to church this morning, they texted me uh, the numbers who were, uh, the number of people who were here last week. And uh, since I was here from the beginning, I get to tell you what it is, all right? We had, uh, we had over 36,000 people gather together for our Easter services, yeah? Um, that's, that's larger than the town of Mount Pleasant was when we started this church, which just blows me away. And then uh, here's the exciting thing. Hundreds of people came to know Jesus last weekend. And this is, yeah, and... Um, we do baptisms once a month, and this is Baptism Sunday, and we already had dozens of people in the last service who were baptized, including Susan, uh, who uh, came, and I was just watching the baptism. Somebody leaned over to me and said, that's Susan. She watches online, and she just hustled over here uh, to get baptized, so that's kind of cool. So if you're watching online, uh, probably not in England, but somewhere around this area here, uh, we, we, we'd love to serve you in baptism. And some of you are going, hey, I got baptized in January because we do our, all of our baptisms outside. And it was 38 degrees. And uh, what, what's up with the people getting baptized here? There's a special blessing for you in heaven. Can I, can I tell you that? So today, it is my privilege to introduce to you our guest. Uh, about 22 years ago, a young man came to me and shared a vision that he had to plant a church. And we didn't have like an organization like ARC or anything like that then. And, um, and he wanted to plant a church in Birmingham, Alabama. And because of the generosity of those of you who were in this church then, I was able to say to him, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll pay for part of your upfront costs and then we'll guarantee you know, your offerings for a year so that we can have a good on-ramp to make sure that we're up and running and let's just see what God will do. Well, that church has done okay. Um, it's grown in the last 21 years to be one of the two or three largest churches in America. Uh, Chris is arguably the most influential pastor on the planet, just loves pastors, teaches pastors. Together, we started a church planning organization, and Church of the Highlands was the first church planted uh, 21 years ago, and we just planted our 1,036th church, I think, and um, we're... Uh, We've, we've got ARC pastors from all over the world that are going to be here uh, this week for an ARC conference, and, um, and, and it's just my privilege to, to have Chris come and speak to you. He's not just a church planner. He's my friend. He's a friend of this house. He's an overseer here. He's a mentor for uh, Josh, your, your lead pastor, and uh, it's just an honor and privilege to have him come. So would you stand to your feet and give a great big Charleston welcome, Chris Hodges, as he comes to minister to us. Thanks, my friend. Come on, give Jesus some praise, everybody. Come on, give Jesus what he really deserves, everybody. <laughs> All right. All right, for your seat, and turn to your neighbor and say, it looks like you've lost a little weight. Come on, tell him, tell him, tell him. There you go. 
By the way, that's my favorite thing in the world to hear. It's never true, <laughs> but I love hearing it. And when people say, it looks like you've lost a little weight. In fact, I set a goal this year to, uh, to lose 20 pounds. Uh, I thought I could do that over a course of an entire year. And I'm happy to report here uh, in the month of April that I only have 30 pounds to go. Come on, somebody. So I am well on my way. So it's good to see you. What a joy it is to be at Seacoast Church. I kind of think of this church as... Uh, the birthplace, really, for Church of the Highlands. I came here uh, back in 2000 to see this model that, that Pastor Greg and Debbie and the team had created, and that's what burned the desire to plant a church in Birmingham. We didn't know it was going to become ARC, what we were doing, but honestly, I would not have done it. I, true story, would not have done it without the support from this church. Very, very, very generous support. Uh, and, and your founding pastors uh, who just believed in us. And I think it would just honor God and bless them if you would just show some love. Come on, everybody. I love you, man. Appreciate you so much. I mean, really, and it has now multiplied many times over and there are churches all over the country and the world, and we're having the time of our lives uh, leading this church planning effort. And gotta say my love uh, to, your, to your lead pastors now, uh, I dearly love you guys, believe in you. I think you're some of the most exceptional leaders. We went to dinner last night, and you, have you ever wondered what your pastors talk about when they're not doing their jobs here uh, at the church? They're still talking about you. That's all we talked about was you and what God is doing here. Show some loves to Pastor Josh and Lisa, everybody. Come on. Yeah, I love you guys. All right. Now, there are two things that Pastor Greg did not mention that you probably need to know about me. One is I'm a Cajun from South Louisiana. So I was, our church is in Alabama, but I'm a Cajun from South Louisiana. And I tell you that so you'll lower your expectations, everybody, all right? Uh, we're not smart. We're fun, okay? So you might not learn anything at all, but we will have a good time, all right? But uh, secondly is, is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very in, in, into my family. I've been married 36 years uh, to my sweetheart, uh, Tammy, and we have five kids. And I tell people I don't have five kids because I like kids because I really don't. I have five kids because I like my wife. Come on, somebody. Where y'all at? Okay. And um, in fact, I wanted two. She wanted three, and we had five. So anyway, that's how that works. And now we have eight grandkids. So anyway, and any grandparents in the room? Grandparents, grandparents, and they always make noises because uh, they're happier than when they were had just kids in the house. Uh, grandkids are better than kids. So if you don't have grandkids yet, let your kids live. Better ones are coming. Everybody, hang in there. All right, just let them live. Let them live. All right. So it's good to be with you. I'm I'm, I'm delighted to be here on this very special Sunday. I think probably all across the Ark churches for sure. And many denominations across America take the Sunday that is after Easter and focus on helping people take next steps. And the reason why that happens is because we all know that salvation doesn't end your spiritual journey. It begins your spiritual journey. And the fact is that every one of us at all of our locations, anyone that's here, regardless of where you are on the spiritual journey or the spiritual continuum, there is another step for you. And people don't take them because they don't want to. People don't take them because they don't know what they are. So what I love to do, I think, honestly, one of the things that we do very, very well at Church of the Highlands is we make the steps clear and let people take them. So we want to make sure you know what you could do if and what that would look like. And I love to share this verse out of Psalm chapter 92. It says, those who are planted. So it even defines a deeper level of your engagement in not just Seacoast, but in Christianity. And those who are planted in the house of the Lord uh, go to another level, and that's a flourishing level. And that's what we all want for you. We, we don't want you just to show up. There's no great joy in just filling seats. We want to see you flourish 
spiritually, flourish in your family, flourish in your emotions, regardless of what's going on externally around you. And that's the promise that God gives, that in this world, you might have tribulation, but you can take heart. I've overcome the world. You can still experience some great things regardless of circumstance. Can I get a better amen, everybody? That's a great promise, right? So I love to tell this illustration about this area of America that's called Death Valley, California. Death Valley. Death Valley looks like this. Um, it is hot. It is dry. In fact, it is the hottest, driest place in America. It doesn't rain there at all, so no one lives there. Nothing lives there. Nothing grows there. There are no farms. There are no houses. There are no animals. Nothing's there, hence the name Death Valley. But in 2004, in the winter of 2004, over a short period of time, seven inches of rain fell. It was a phenomenon. Nothing happened immediately, but by the spring of 2005, you can go Google this yourself and check, check the facts. They, something happened that they called the super bloom, and that floor right there looked like that. So what they realized is that Death Valley wasn't dead. Death Valley was dormant. That all along, there were seeds of potential in all of those cracks. There were seeds ready to flourish if the right watering, if the right environment took place. This is what, the, this is what its potential was. And the same is true for you. That regardless of what you think your life looks like, there are seeds of potential right below the surface if you'll get in the right environment. Right, everybody? So what we do at church... As pastors, we try to create environments. We create ways for you to, to experience a super bloom in your own life. And I really, truly believe that can happen. In fact, one of the best things for you to understand is that the Bible says it's not an event. It's actually a process that the Bible calls the path of life. So there's a progression. And this is really what I want you to see today. And my job is to make this really, really clear and really, really simple. Uh, I, I, I try to make difficult things simple. That's, that's what I try to do when I teach the Word of God. In fact, the people in Alabama say, Pastor Chris, you put the cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody can have one. That's what I want to do today. I'm going to make complicated spiritual journey really simple, put the cookies on the bottom shelf. If you want to take a bite, I'm going to make sure it's within your reach. But here's what I would want you to know right off the bat, and that is there's a progression or a path. So it's not all at once, and it's not just all over the place. There's, a, there's steps in the spiritual journey that the Bible calls the path of life. And notice there's a semicolon, not a period, which meaning now this is the result if you'll follow the path or get on the path. And that is that in his presence, there'll be fullness of joy. Joy is internal. Happiness is external. You'll have fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And that doesn't just mean earthly pleasures. That means emotional pleasures, family pleasures. There's that God, watch this and this, God has more for you than you're currently experiencing. That's true for me too. And that should give you a lot of hope and make, actually make the Christian life a lot of fun. But there's more. <laughs> And so my job today is to get you on the path. Now, well, the way we have to do it is you have to identify where you currently are so you'll know what's next. So I want to show you that. So pretty much there's a lot of things you can do to grow in your spiritual life, right? But it basically comes in four major steps in that spiritual journey. Now, this is true theologically from cover to cover, Old Testament to new. Basically, God has always wanted four things for you. Now, they're said different ways throughout the Bible, I think, to help people understand it differently. And I could show you at least 14 places, Old Testament and New, where God says, I want these four things. I want these four things. I want, this, is, this is the picture he's drawn for all of us. 
I can't share with you all 14, so I picked one. It happens to be my favorite place. It's in the New Testament, written by the Apostle Paul, who basically an apostle is a church planner, and that's what he did. So Paul would go plant churches, raise up a leader, and then he'd write letters to give them doctrine and instructions and sometimes even correct them. But that's, that he pastored those, those churches that way, and most of them are in what is modern-day Turkey. One of them was in a city called Ephesus, and so he would write letters to help them. And so this is actually a letter that was written to a church plant that Paul planted, and he says this in Ephesians chapter 1, I'm, I'm praying for you. In fact, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a eureka moment. He called it the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I just wish you could see this. And by the way, that's what I'm feeling right now. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm working really hard. I look really calm on top of that wall. I'm like a duck. You've never seen a duck. He looks all calm on top, but his legs are really going really fast. Okay. That's kind of what I feel right now. I'm desperately trying to help everybody see it regardless of where you are. So even if you're not a Christian, I want you to see it. If you've been in church for 30 years, I want you to see it. And Paul was saying that, man, I just wish you could, wish you could see. See what? And then he mentions four things, the four things that God has mentioned cover to cover. I've highlighted them for you in yellow so you can see them. He says, I wish you could see the importance to have a revelation of how important it is for you to know God. Know God. In fact, if you already know him, don't, to know him even better. And he uses a word here uh, that is bigger in the Greek, the original language of the New Testament, than it is in your minds, which is why you're not responding like they would have responded when they saw it, when he said the word. Because the word in the Greek there is gnosko. You don't have to know that. My job to know that for you, all right? But the word gnosko is not just know God. It's a deeper level of know. It's actually the most intimate form of knowing someone. In fact, in the Old Testament, it says that Adam knew Eve and they had children. <laughs> okay? And it's not a sexual term. It's an intimate term. And it's a term of, look, it's time. It's time, it's time for you to know that God is not a religion, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. And like you can know him. You can have an intimate, personal, real, vibrant, meaningful relationship with a very alive God. And all God's people said it good. Like you can have that, right? And so they went, oh, you can know God? Like, because God was always in heaven. No, no. He said, no, it's personal. It's personal. And then when you do, when you know him, power comes in. So like your life gets changed and you become a better version of yourself, but it wasn't your doing. He puts his power and his spirit on the inside of you to allow you to do the next three steps of the spiritual journey. So some of you don't know God. And today, hopefully you would have that. We're going to give you the opportunity for you, to, for you to know God, not join this church, but really know God. I'll show you how near the end of the, of the message. But if you do know him, watch the next three steps in the spiritual journey, because the second one, he says, and after you know God, I pray that the eyes of your heart get enlightened, to which when I first read that, I thought, well, Paul, your eyes aren't, they're not on your heart. They're on your head, to which he just said, no, they're not. You're not seeing through these. You're seeing through everything that's ever happened to you, which is why we're all in the room seeing the same thing and seeing it differently based on your past church experiences, how many people have hurt you, good and bad. You're seeing through a filter of your heart. And Paul says, that's the second step in your spiritual journey that once you know God and now you have power is that start working on your yesterdays and your past. I call it your past pain, problem and people. So everything that's happened to you, watch this, that's giving you not, not the best version of yourself. 
So this is, we say it at Highlands, we call it, find, you need to find freedom. Freedom from what? From the part of you that if it wasn't in your life, your life would be better. And you know what it is. I have that area. We all have an area that if it wasn't in my life, my life would be a lot better. And so we can get a better version of ourselves by dealing with those issues. And Paul said, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying. The, the message translation says that your heart becomes focused and clear. That once and for all, you can erase not forget, sometimes it's just hard to forget, but you can actually get rid of the smudge that's on your glasses. It's all the past. You can't, see, you can't even see anything ahead because there's so much stuff from the past. He says, but then once you do clear it from your, your basically how you're seeing things, watch what happens next. In order that you might know the fact, watch this, that you're called. You're called. No, no, PC. That's what they call me in the Highlands. Pastor Chris, they call me PC. No, 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 no PC. I'm not called. You're called. You're, you're, you're the pastor. And the Bible says, no, no, it's not true. Like everybody has a calling. Everybody has a purpose in this life. And once you settle your yesterdays, you can see your tomorrows. So I hope that you can see the hope to which he has called you. And by the way, that's, that's what I'm hoping. I'm fighting so hard right now that, that you can see the hope to which he's called. Like you're called. You, you have a purpose. As Mark Twain says, two greatest days of your life, the day you were born, the day you discovered why you were born. And, the, and, and studies say that 87% of the people who go to church today don't know what it is. So watch this. So 87% of Christians in America have never even gone to that third step in the spiritual journey. But God has it for you. So you can really know why you're here. But you can't know why you're here if you're still dealing with your yesterdays. And you can't deal with your yesterdays until you're in a relationship with a living God. See, it's a spiritual progression. But then once you do, you can have the final thing, and that is the riches of his glorious inheritance. Let me say it this way. God wants to make you rich, and I'm not talking about money. God wants to make you rich in what your real inheritance is. And Psalm chapter 2 tells us what our inheritance is. See, he said, ask of me, and I will make people your inheritance, that the inheritance is that I lived my life and I impacted the life of other people. And secular science, sociologists have, have, have proven that the highest level of living that there is, so the happiest people on earth, I just read a Wall Street Journal article, the happiest people on the planet aren't the people who have less problems, it's those that know they're living their life in such a way that they're impacting their life the lives of others for the good. And that's your inheritance. So you can be rich in good deeds, one place in the New Testament says. You can be a person who lays their head down at night thinking, I impacted the life of somebody else and I have problems, but I have fulfillment because I did what I'm here on planet Earth to do. Are you following this, everybody? I love this. This is so exciting. And so this is the spiritual progression. So what I want to do today is nudge you. So my goal, my, my job today, I've been tasked by your pastor. He said, hey, it's Sunday after Easter. Let's, let's move people. Let's, let's, let's move people. So wherever you are, uh, let's, let's just go to the next one. You don't have to do all of them, but just do the next one. But, but, but my, my job is, is, to, is to nudge you. So let me give you the same four, just in different language. And I would say, first of all, for some of you, it's time. It's just time to go ahead and say, you know what? I'm not going to attend church. I'm just not going to you know, take it at the lowest level and just the, 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 the most minimalistic level. No, no, it, I'm going to get closer to God. I'm going to go ahead and go all in. So one of the things that I do at Highlands that has been very effective for our church is I give, I, I give them the one-year challenge. And the one-year challenge goes like this. Give us a year of your life and do everything. 
So like go all in. So if we have a conference, go to it. If we have groups, go to it. If we have a growth track, go, get on it. If whatever, it is, like, and if you're in town, don't think, oh, am I going to go to church today? No, if you're in town, come to church, like, go all in. And I say, and after a year, and it won't even take a year, but after a year, if your life isn't strikingly better, I'll change churches with you. I'll go somewhere else with you. <laughs> and that won't be the case. Listen to me, everybody. You can, you, if you know God, if you've given Jesus your life, you're going to heaven. But there's more. <laughs> And I'm encouraging to go all in. For some of you, it's in worship. So like you come to worship and you know the Bible says clap your hands and lift your hands and shout. But that's just not you. You just got the right over the left and maybe your toes a little bit more saved than the rest of your body, you know, and, you, and that's fine. But let it work its way up and just maybe one day. I never forget the first time I actually lifted my hands in church and it felt so risky, you know, and I was looking around. And I was like, you know. But I'm just trying to push you to more of God, because here's the problem, and I just want to say this, and this is probably the strongest thing I'll say all day, is there is a misconception about what Christianity really is. So the world thinks if I'm just believe, I'm a Christian. Not what the Bible says. Well, if I went to church, not what the Bible says. In fact, here's the words of Jesus. It was actually this verse that I ended up giving my life to Jesus after I found after I heard the revelation really of this verse is in Matthew chapter seven. And these are the words of Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord is going to go to heaven. <laughs> well, that was a problem because that was my plan. <laughs> they told me to say, Lord, and I'm in the club. You know that. And Jesus comes along and says, no, that's not how it works. He says, he says, in fact, and then he lists some Christian looking things that people try to do to get into heaven. He goes, that's not how it works. I will tell them plainly, I never, and then he uses the word gnosko. I wasn't looking for all those things. I was looking for a relationship. And for some of you, you need to get in that kind of real relationship with God today. And we'll show you how at the end of the service. Okay, here's a second one. Because most of you have already made that decision. But most of us are stuck actually in the second step of the journey. So most people are still dealing with their own issues and that's why they can't get, in, get really to helping other people because they're still dealing with their own issues. And by the way, you've got issues. I've got issues. All God's children's got issues. If you don't think you have an issue, well, that's your issue. All right, you, you have them, okay? Here's the, here's the misconception, though. How do you deal with your issues? And most people actually think, that, well, I'll just keep praying about it. I'll keep working on it, me, me and God. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, we go to God to get forgiveness and for that first step in the spiritual journey. But God's solution to the second step, the freedom step, the place wherever you really deal with your issues is God's people. So now I need I need a collective group of people. It doesn't have to be a lot, maybe only one or two who really know what I'm going through and they can pray for me. So I would say your second step in your spiritual journey, it's time for some of you to kind of get honest with somebody, or at least at the very least, get in a relationship with somebody in the body of Christ. For some of you, you need to get in a group, or you at least need to develop some friendships here at Seacoast of somebody that you love so much and trust so much that you can take the mask off and say, guess what? I mean, behind this smile is somebody who's hurting. Behind this smile is somebody who's addicted. Behind this smile is somebody who's living a life he doesn't want to live, and I need your help. You say, Chris, are you sure about that? Yeah, James 5 says this. 
Therefore, confess your sins. Notice, not to God. We confess our sins to God to get forgiven. People can't forgive you. But confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. So you go to God for forgiveness, but you have to go to God's people for healing. And for some of you, it's time. And that feels particularly risky for men. They don't like to let people know, like, I got this taken care of. I can handle this myself. But the truth is, you'll do better if someone else will know, hey, I'm struggling with this. Pray for me. And I'm, trust me, you're going to experience tremendous freedom. And that's why we're a church of groups. And uh, we have freedom conferences, at, uh, freedom curriculum at every, every one of our campuses so that you can start dealing with yesterday so you can move along in the spiritual journey. And I'm here today to say, come, let's go. Come on, everybody. It's time. Don't stay. Really? You want to stay another year addicted? Really? You want to? Don't. No. Let's, let's, let's go so that you can get to the exciting. The, the last two is some of the most exciting steps in the spiritual journey. And I would say it this way. It's time for some of you to discover your real purpose in life. So you're living out a purpose. You're, doing, you're going to work. You're going to school. You're doing something. And, but for most of you, that's what you need to do to make money. It's, it's your career, but it's not your calling. And you feel it because you come home at the end of the day and you're not satisfied. Even if you're making a lot of money, <laughs> it's like, is that it? Well, of course it's not it. Because you have something you were created to do that can impact the world. Check it out. But you got to go to God to find it because he's the one who created you. That's why I love my job. Because they have to come through, they have to come through, the, through God to find you have to go to the creator. So I always tell people, go ahead, help yourself. You'll be back. Because God has the playbook on your life. He's, he's Psalm 139 that says, all the days ordained for you were written in his book before one of them ever came to be. To which one person said, you mean God wrote this story that I'm living? No, you've added a few chapters that weren't in his book. <laughs> but he has this unique ability to still make the last chapter fit. If you'll involve him. So even if you've diverted, that's like saying, can you, can you get to Miami from Charleston through Birmingham? Yeah. <laughs> Not the best way to go, but you can. And for some of you, you, you're going to Miami and you ended up in Birmingham, but God still has this unique ability. If you'll, if you'll discover your real purpose in life, and how do you do that? Well, the Romans tells us that we all have different gifts according to the grace given us, meaning you have a grace gift, meaning that if, when you find the thing that God created you to do, you're good at it, you'll enjoy it, and it'll make an eternal difference. So it's like, like it's, it's in there, and you're never going to find it on your own. You're going to need to go through the, through the inside track. You're going to need to go through the growth track that's designed to help you get on that spiritual journey. And I'm here today just to say, let's go. It's time. Don't stay another year and not know why you're on the planet. Start living life. And here's what you're going to discover. You're going to discover that your problems aren't going to go away, but it's not going to bother you as much because you have now something in your life bigger than your problems. In fact, the best way, the best way to solve a problem isn't to solve a problem. Because if you've ever solved a problem, you know another one pops up. Welcome to planet Earth. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Like, nobody has that verse in the refrigerator like, that's my verse right there. I just love that one. You know? <laughs> nobody does that. But 
God wants to give you something in your life so much bigger than your problems that it's, that it's, that it's like a distraction. I, I told you I had grandkids. Well, just three days ago, one of them was over, and he, he took a step outside off our front porch, and there's two little steps, and he fell onto the concrete driveway and just skinned up his knee, and it was really skint and bloody and all that, just screaming bloody murder. Couldn't get him to stop. I just went into the kitchen, got a little lollipop, brought it out. He's like, ah, 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 ah. Literally stopped on a dime. Why? Something better than the knee showed up. Isn't that right, everybody? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, look, there's something better. There's something better. And once you find it, now you can live what life's really all about. It's time to do something that is greater than myself. And this is where we would give you an invitation to be a part of what's called the dream team. You say, well, it looks like it's running well without me. It is, but it would run better with you. But we don't invite you because Seacoast needs more people serving, and they do, but that's not why. We do it because you need it. Because Jesus gives us this promise. First of all, he said in John 15, it's to my Father's glory that you be a productive Christian. Like God's happy when you're not just sitting, you're actually doing something that bears fruit, it's called. Showing yourself to be real disciples. But watch what he says next. And I've told you this. So all of Charleston has food now. No, I've told you this so that, that, the, that the people without the gospel and I have the gospel. No, no, those are good things. Those are why we serve and give and do what we do. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that joy complete. Jesus says, I'm asking you to serve for you, not just for them. And that if you do, it'll change your life and it'll make a difference. And I'm here today to say, why not? So let me give you this little illustration, and I'll close the message. So um, I'll, I'll start with the confession, and that is, is that I, I, I really feel like I've, God has done a great work in my life, and I'm growing, and I'm day by day becoming more and more like Jesus, um, but, I, but I'm not when I'm driving. Come on, somebody, where y'all at? I'm, just, I'm, I'm barely saved when I'm driving a car, barely. Very impatient, always in a hurry. And I know it's not in the Charleston culture um, to honk, like, I don't think I've heard a honk in a car ever here, but you're thinking it. Now, I'm a honker. If somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do, I just got to let them know. I mean, and, I, and, and even when Tammy's driving, I'll reach over like, hey, you know, and I'll, I'll do it. I know, I know you think that's rude. You're thinking it. I'm just doing it, all right? So, in, and, so and, and Tammy always says, she's always saying, Chris, stop, stop. Don't do that. They, they probably go to our church. And I'm like, well, good. I'm their pastor, and they need to learn something. You're like, so we're, this is, so I always have her in my ear when she's not even, when she's, I mean, I have the Holy Spirit and Tammy in my ear uh, when I'm driving and she's not there. So just the other day, I'm, I'm coming home from work, and I have this one place where I have to get off this major highway, and there's a left turn lane, and I'm in it, and it's a long red light, and I know how many people can get through the light at a, like I know how, I know if you're at a certain point in the line, I'm going to get through, everybody's going to get through in one light cycle. If everybody will go, right? Everybody's got to go. You got to go. So I'm already anticipating I'm going to miss it only because I could tell the car in front of me was on their phone. They had their head down and thumbs were going. And they had taken the occasion, that is a red light, 
to send a text or text social media, and they're like, after, I just know it. I'm just going to turn green, and they're not going to notice it. And then I've got Tammy in my ear, you know, and just as all this is going on, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Because everything in me wants to just go, hey! In fact, I want to do it even as soon as I see the light green. It's like, honks. So they like, and go, but don't be rude. Be a Christian, you know. So anyway, I'm doing all that. <laughs> Tammy's voice. In fact, it's louder than the Holy Spirit at that moment. I mean, just Tammy's voice. And so I thought, that day, I'm just going to be nice. And I just went, beep, beep. That's all I did, just that much. Just, you know, the real polite, like, hey. And, um, and sure enough, she looked up, and, and you could tell, looking around, like, a little startled. I didn't realize it turned green. You know, there's a gap of cars that's already gone, and, and, and we missed the light. And so anyway, it just totally missed it. And, and when I went through that experience, I said, that's exactly what it feels like. To stand in this spot, knowing what God has for you, and just trying to get people to go. So what you have to do as a pastor is, beep, beep. Okay, I gave you today the beep, beep, because I had humor in it. I was smiling a lot. But if I said it like I wanted to say it, which I'm not going to say it that way, but let me tell you what I would say if I could say it like that. Really? Really, y'all? All right. Now, I'm not saying it. Let me just tell you what I would say if I said it like this, this version of it, okay? You're going to think about getting baptized when he flat out asked you to? Like he died on the cross and you're worried about your hair being wet? I would never say that to you that way, though. <laughs> I just, that would be like, that would be wrong. You're going to live another year with the worst version of you knowing there's freedom available, but it comes at the risk of, I know it's awkward to be in a small group and finally let somebody know, and you think they're going to freak out. <gasps> you really? And what they're going to say is, oh, you too? I thought I was the only one. That's what you're going to hear. And you're actually going to find a friend that'll become an accountability partner, and your life's going to get better. I if I could just say it straight, that's the way I'd say it. Um, God has gift for you. In fact, we need you. I'm in the puzzle. My piece is there. It, we can kind of tell what the picture looks like, but it would look better if you were in it. So find it, please, so that the rest of us can do our part too. Like my part looks better when your part's there too. And if I said it like that, that's how I would say it. And listen to me, Jesus is coming again soon. And it's time for the church, not just to attend church, but it's time for the church to be the church. And let's make a difference in this world. And all God's people said a good. Let's go. But I will tell you this. I'll close with this statement. The light's green. The light's green. If you want to go, you can go. And if you go, we can all go. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you, God, for the incredible opportunity to encourage people to take their next step. And Lord, I'm praying just for courage for those who need to get baptized today. Just, they didn't plan on it. They just, but they're just going to get back. They're going to be obedient to your word. For those who need to step into worship and prayer and to live out their faith to find freedom and discover their purpose and 
go in this world and make a difference. And I just pray, Lord, something in this service, something in this message, urge them to take that step. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never taken the first step or you've taken the first step, but you've walked away from God and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, we're not asking you to join this church. That is important, but that's not what this is. Salvation's the moment where you surrender your life and give the control of your life over to Jesus. That's it. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to allow him to drive your life. And if you're here today and you'd like to make him the Lord of your life, or you say, Chris, it's time for me to rededicate my life and go all in with God. And today's going to be my day. Let me tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to call you down to the front. But I would love to have the honor of praying with you. And I am going to ask you to acknowledge this is me. Count me in. Why? Because the Bible says that if we'll just confess it, if we'll let Jesus know, be my Lord, that's how you're saved. So at every location, here, right here in Mount Pleasant, if you're here today and say, Chris, I'm ready, would you include me in that prayer when you pray this closing prayer? Would you just lift up your hand right now and say, count me in? Just lift it high. Yep, 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 yep. All over this. I literally see dozens and dozens of hands all over this room. God bless you. All over the room. God bless you at the top. All over every one of the locations. And you don't have to pray this out loud. You can whisper it, say it in your heart. But let me lead you through a prayer. I'll pause so you can say it to God. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying for what I did. And today I receive it. Salvation. Now say this. Say, forgive me. Change me. Come live inside of me and make me the person you want me to be. Because today I'm giving you the control of my life. Now say it the Bible way. Be the Lord of my life. Now make this confession. Anyone in the room can join us. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died you were buried and you rose again. And today I put my faith in you. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's congratulate everybody who just prayed that prayer. God bless the church. Wow, that was that was fun to watch. As people just are responding to God. Uh, we're going to take the next few minutes as we do at Seacoast, about the next 10 minutes, and we're going to respond to God. Um, and if, if you're uh, here to get baptized, there are a lot of people that are moving out right now to go out to the baptistry uh, area, and uh, we've got things for you. Uh, we've got clothing for you. And this is what would be cool. If you didn't bring your own stuff, we've got everything you need. And wouldn't it be cool if you committed your life to Christ just a moment ago, and then the very first act of obedience for you was, to, you know what, I'm going to go get baptized, and I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stay in here. We're going to watch you on the screen as we worship God. We're going to cheer you on, and uh, we just really want to encourage you to just take that first step with the Lord. Uh, other things that people might want to do during our response time, there are crosses, and uh, you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking that there is, there is nothing greater in life than serving the purposes of God with who you are. 
And uh, maybe you were encouraged with that, to take your next step. You know, maybe that's to join a group. Maybe that's to, you know, go through a growth track, figure out your purpose. Just, and you know what? You don't have to quit your job. That's what's so cool is, is you're, God probably has you right where you are or he's got you there for right now. But while you're there, you can be doing things that accomplish the purposes of God together. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's your purpose. And so maybe you, you want to take the next step. Whatever it is, or maybe there's some hangups in your life, some things that you're worried about today. Go to the cross. Just pin a little piece of paper on the cross and it might say, this, God, this is what I'm worried about. I'd like to receive your peace. Or it could say, you know what, God, I'm committing right here. I, I'm just going to put it on the cross. I'm going to take the next step for me. Whatever that is and wherever that is, whatever, whatever God has said to you. So you may want to do that. Uh, you, you may want to uh, go to a candle and pray for a friend or a loved one or remember somebody that meant something so uh, big in your life and maybe you just pray something like this may the light of Jesus power of the Holy Spirit come into that person that place whatever it is we just worship God in that way some of us we need to share a prayer request with someone maybe you're sick in body or maybe it's an emotional thing with you or something that's recently happened in your family or in your friends and we got elders and prayer teams that will be all across the front here and at the various levels of this auditorium and and they would love to lend you their faith today. Sometimes you're so discouraged or so sick, you don't feel like you have any faith. You don't have to. They'll lend you theirs. They'd love to pray for, with you and, and for you. Uh, and then we're, we're going to receive communion today. What a privilege it is uh, not to have to have those stinking little cups, but the real, real communion. But that's not the real privilege. We just started last week with the real bread, which I'm thankful for, but... The real privilege is, and I was thinking about this in the earlier service, is that we're participating with people around the world that are doing the same thing today and just saying, you know, God, thank you for Jesus. I'm re-upping today. I'm grateful for what you did for me. And then there's, if you want to uh, give your gifts, you can go online and do that, or you can go to the offering boxes, give your gifts to the Lord, and uh, then we're going to stand and sing and celebrate an awesome God. We're going to cheer on those that are being baptized. What's God saying to you? How are you going to respond to him? Let's respond together.